Life. I'm Dean Wilson. I'm so glad you're with us wherever you're joining us. If you're joining us on the television here in Santa Barbara, California area at TVSB, we welcome you. And so many of you are joining us uh, other places all around the world at goodlifetelevision.org, at the YouTube channel. We encourage you to subscribe. Uh, the social media platforms, we're in Twitter, and then now uh, we, we have a podcast. So all these interviews are are also podcasts, so you can listen to them. Just any podcast platform, you search for Good Life Conversations, uh, and you can uh, listen to those interviews. And on the YouTube channel, you can watch all the long-form interviews, and then you could also, we break those up into what we call power clips, so there's some of the great moments from some of these great people. Um, and we've had a lot of them, uh, people of all walks of life, all ages, uh, we've had public servants and entrepreneurs and uh, leaders and young people and people with great life stories, people doing great work. So it's just been fantastic. We're brought to you by Bunnen Chevrolet, our friends Leo Bunnen and company, and we're grateful for them. I'm really excited about my guest today. Uh, Reverend Dr. Gary Dickey is with me. Welcome, sir. Thank you, Dean. Uh, so... He asked me to call him Gary, so mom, I'm not disrespecting the <laughs> caller here. I'm just telling you. Um, you've done a lot. You, you've had a, a, an amazing life. I was reading about you. And so, so Gary was a, a pastor for many years in the Methodist Church, 48 years in the ordained ministry, which I can't wait to talk about. My, my dad's sitting right over there who has a very similar journey. They were at Fuller Seminary around the same time. Uh, and then you have just a whole bunch of other interests and kind of stuff, yeah. which I can't wait for. And by the way, stay tuned. you got to watch this interview all the way to the end because at the end, we have a special surprise. So we'll get to that too. Where'd you grow up? I was born in Santa Monica. Okay. I grew up in the Brentwood, Westwood area. Okay. Okay. And what was that like? What was your family like? Um, I, well, I was the, I, I'm, a, I'm a twin brother. Okay. Uh, my, my twin, though, was the kind of ugly, stupid one. Um, and uh, if he were here, he would say the same. <laughs> uh, older brother, younger sister. Okay. And uh, my, my dad was a salesman. He was. Were you raised in the church? Or were we were raised in the church, the United Methodist Church of Westlake. Uh, that's my last church. Of Westwood. Westwood. Uh, and uh, that's where I was baptized and went to uh, Sunday school and uh, followed my call to the ministry. Did you know as a young person that you wanted to do ministry? I did not. I was um, uh, converted at a Billy Graham really? meeting in, in the arena down in Los Angeles. Really? I accepted the Lord at the same time I did that. He said, follow me. And I went into the ministry. And you followed him ever since? Yes. Well, somebody who has not made that decision you know, and let's say, you know, of course, Billy Graham's gone on. There's lots of other, uh, you know, evangelists, Greg Laurie, and people doing big meetings and stuff like that. That's, I hope that's something that doesn't go away in our culture because I think it's, I've had, you, you're not the first one on this couch that said, I met the Lord of the Billy Graham crusade. <laughs> it's amazing to me. Yes. But somebody who hasn't made that decision, how would you, was that the best decision you ever made? Sure was, um, and when I made it, uh, uh, the Lord was right there. He really confirmed it to me, and of course now I had to go and tell my parents and all my friends who expected me to be at UCLA in pre-med, which I was, uh, that I was now going to go in a different direction. So not everybody understood 
right. what that meant. Uh, but they realized that I meant it. And uh, I took that different direction and prepared. You were clear. I was clear. And um, I was, uh, uh, at that time, uh, I wouldn't say I was the most uh, behaved person. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, 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 right. But uh, people, some people said, you're going to be a minister? <laughs> <laughs> but he was faithful. Yeah. And I became faithful and uh, followed that. Wow. So what year was the Billy Graham crusade? That was in uh, 66. 66. On television, sitting in my living room, he looked out there and he said, there's someone there that's being called to the ministry and I'm claiming you. And that was how I was called to the ministry. No way. Which has shown me the power of evangelism and the media. That's for sure. That's right. Yeah, that's why we're here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. yeah, it's an interesting thing when you get clear in, in a call, a mm -hmm. real call. People, sometimes people don't understand that. And, and for sure, if it's not you, I, I saw something on social media the other day, you know, if people don't understand your calling, it's because it wasn't a conference call. <laughs> right. You know, it was, <laughs> you know, but you got, you understood. Yes. So you're a young man. Yeah. So you end up at Fuller Seminary then. Mm -hmm. Yes. And talk about those early years of learning, growing, seminary, and early ministry. Well, I, I did my undergraduate at UCLA okay. in uh, zoology because I was preparing for studying, studying animals, medicine. Which probably helps you a lot in the ministry. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I went to uh, Fuller Seminary, um, uh, we had a great support team there with other students. Uh, there weren't a lot of Methodist students, but I had a lot of good Baptist friends, and uh, uh, it was great to be able to see other denominations beside the one that you grew up in. Yeah. And I'm a 13th generation Methodist. Oh, wow. My 13th great-grandmother was actually converted under the preaching of John Wesley in Yorkshire. Is that right? And uh, every generation had a Methodist minister in it. And I was, uh, did not know that until after I had my call. Really? Yeah, so it wasn't, I said, I wasn't as if I said, I'll be the next one. Right, right, right. I didn't know that. Yeah. But as I did it, people said, did you know, did you know, did you know? And this uh, wonderful connection went all the way back to John Wesley as the founder of the Methodist Church, uh, but also so far back in my own personal family. Yeah, the genealogy. Yes. I, I don't know. I, I think there's something about, you know, they talk about mantles. You know, they talk mm -hmm. about this legacy of faith, you know, that I think is so powerful and I think sometimes undervalued mm -hmm. that if you have that history, there's something powerful and noble about a family tradition that comes mm -hmm. down that you, you have to make it your own faith and right. it's your own call, but you're also inheriting a rich kind of history there. Yes. Yes. Which I think is something for us this generation, the next generation to think about. Mm -hmm. These, the, the decisions you make in terms of life and marriage and ministry and vocation go well beyond you, don't they? They do indeed. You probably learned a lot about that in your study in genealogy. Yes, indeed. The and power of that. That's right, that's right. Yeah, how did you first get interested in genealogy? Well, my grandmother uh, lived with us her, her entire life uh, until she passed away, so I knew her for 18 years. And lived in the same house down the hallway in her room. Wow. And she always had all the old pictures from England and Canada. And um, she died 
and uh, as most people do, they have all these pictures of the family. And then you go to those pictures and you don't know who anybody is because there's no names on them. And, but what she had done is the had written on the back of the pictures who everybody was, and it was my twin brother's handwriting. And I went to my twin brother and I said, when did you do this? Oh, a couple of years ago, Grandma and I did this. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I just had this impulse that, uh, wow, she did that. I'm going to take a look into our family origins. And uh, found many, many wonderful things. I, I was saying before our, our time here, I have, um, in England, I have uh, eight of my family who are archbishops of either uh, um, York or uh, down in the, the south at Canterbury. And so just all of these clergy, too, that were a part of my family, which I would have never known about had I not looked on that side of it. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I, genealogy, I think, is a wonderful thing. Um, let's talk a little bit about your, your 48 years in ministry, mm -hmm. because I, I think it's one of the hardest jobs that anybody has. It's... A, it's the only problem with the church is it has people in it. You know? <laughs> That's the only. Talk about your journey as a, as, a, as a minister of the gospel. I loved every church I was in. I served well every church I was in. I was greatly appreciated by every church I was in. And I left every church I was in better than when I got there. So it was all good for me. Yeah. And um, we, I, I was only in four churches in 48 years. Wow. Uh, which is unusual, especially yeah. for the Methodist Church, which uh, moves much more quickly than that. Yeah. Um, but I enjoyed everything, and everyone enjoyed me. It, it, it really was a love affair. But they saw my love of, of Jesus. I saw in them the love of Jesus. We just said, let's do this for Jesus. Uh, so it wasn't to be a denomination. It wasn't to be that church on the corner. It was to be a living fellowship of those who are following Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And in that, to enjoy the fellowship and the friendship and the, uh, the relationships that we had as church and as pastor. That's a beautiful, simple expression of what the church can be. Exactly, exactly. So I, I can say every church I was in, I absolutely loved it. Didn't want to leave any church when I was called by the bishop to go to a new church. Um, and um, so it, it was just went from better to better. How wonderful! Yeah, it really was. How did you deal with conflict? How did you deal with power struggles or stuff? <laughs> well, I have to say, um, I was pastor, um, and I was what we're called pastor in charge. Okay. So I'm in charge. <laughs> so uh, I directed people to find what we needed to do through prayer and discussion. And that worked pretty darn good. I didn't have a whole lot of issues that came up as explosive issues that uh, would have been the kind of things that you're talking about. So again, I was fortunate that way. And what about your personal, there's, um, there's a target on the back, I think in some ways spiritually for people in authority and leadership and pastors and teachers and how did you avoid pitfalls how did you because it's so common today for people in leadership there can be an arrogance there can be a mm -hmm. 
CEO, pastor, lift them up and then they fall and lift them up and then they fall. Like, how did you do that, walk that out? I was a pastor from the outside in and the inside out. I was with my people. If they were in the hospital, I was with them. If they had a crisis at home, I was with them. If they were someplace where they needed help, I was with them. They knew I was their pastor, their friend, and uh, they knew that I was there for them. So all those other things that sometimes happen to the pastors never happened to me because they knew I cared, because I saw it. And um, every person who ever visited my church got a personal call from me at their home uh, because I believe that I, if, if we we're going to bring them back to church, they need to see that we're really interested in them. So I spent a lot of time with people. And that was, I think, the, the connection and the key was I spent time with people and people just love that. They, they appreciate it. Um, and that was just my style of ministry. Um, but I thought that was the best one for me and it worked. Do you have a favorite book outside of the Bible? Um, well, again, involved in, in uh, genealogy. <laughs> I have a lot of uh, uh, favorite <laughs> books, uh, but uh, you know, it's interesting. I uh, love studying um, and interesting enough, when I was at uh, UCLA, I changed my major when I got my call to ministry to history because I thought that'd be a little bit more mm-hmm. apropos yeah, <laughs> yeah. for going to the ministry. Um, uh, but anything historical uh, is, is a favorite of mine. And Hist- so, studying history. Yeah, studying history. And of course, when you study history, you study the, the you can study everything. You study the faith uh, of people who went before you, you study the church, you study how the church has been through the centuries, and that was always a great asset to me. When you read the scripture today privately, does it still come alive to you? It sure does. Uh, I praise God every day that I um, pick up the word and read it. Uh, also, I find that in every meal that I take, when I thank the Lord for the provision of that, I just feel God's presence right there. And so uh, I just, I'm thankful for what he has done for me, and I find that he still speaks through the scriptures to me. Not that I always like what he says to me. <laughs> right, right. But I hear what he says to me. And I've been uh, in the ministry and in life long enough to know that if I know what he wants, I need to be obedient. Obedience is such a gift. It is. Yeah. Under the law, you see it as heavy and burdensome. Yes. And under grace, you see it as Absolutely. this is the greatest gift I've ever been given. Absolutely. You might, people must like hanging out with you. <laughs> I like it. Well, I want to well, sit they, here for I, all day. I, I, I appreciate that. Uh, it's funny. I have a group that uh, meets at Starbucks every morning. We really? Sit, we sit for our coffee. Every morning? Every morning. And um, I, when I was in the, in the ministry, people would kind of wear my collar. People would come up to me and say, I have a prayer request. Well, let's pray for you. Right now. Right now. Yeah. And I, I brought many people into the church through my Starbucks ministry. Just sitting there having coffee. <laughs> Hi, how are you? This guy. Um, and um, uh, again, today we have people, we have we do theological discussion, we talk about sports, uh, whatever is going to be. Uh, but I'm very well known there. And uh, people still come up and say, Pastor, I have a, a, a prayer need. Will you pray with me? So it's become a real outreach uh, through Starbucks and a cup of coffee. Oh, my goodness. You're a sports fan? I, I uh, enjoy sports. I'm not a big sports fan uh, because I don't Are have you a Dodger fan. <laughs> uh oh, this is a loaded question. 
I like to see the Dodgers win, but I'm not a big sports person. Okay. So pray I, for the Dodgers. Yeah, pray. <laughs> okay. Maybe we should pause right now. <laughs> Starbucks every morning. Every morning. With yeah. a group of friends. With a group of friends. And if I want to do that. Well, let's start that. Yeah. We need that, don't we? Yeah. How, what a genius yeah. idea. Yeah. And it's always open to people. Anybody that comes, and, and if someone knows someone, I always say, come on and join us. And uh, so sometimes we could have 10, 15 people all crowded around a, a table and discussing everything, but so often it gets back to issues of faith. So it's still a ministry that I have without being in the church. Wow. And is there, is there anything you'd want to share about your family, about your family and kind of your, your road over the last 30 years? Well, uh, my, my wife, Tammy, and I will be celebrating 48 years of marriage uh, in January. Wow. And in 48 years, we've only had one fight. It's not over yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Uh, uh, actually, we've never had a fight. We've had differences of opinion yeah. and different ways of looking at things. But we learned a long time ago, you sit down, you talk about it. You solve it, and then you go to go to bed at night and get a nice good night's sleep. <laughs> Tam uh, Tamara, Tammy, Tamara, and, Tamara. or Tammy, Tamara. and uh, we don't have children, uh, so uh, that kind of made every child in the church a child of mine. Yeah, uh, yeah. and that was always uh, a blessing. Um, and we enjoy traveling. We do a lot of traveling. Um, in two weeks from now, I'm I'm taking a group of 28 people back to England and Scotland. Uh, to give them an over tour and and uh, we go back once or twice a year anyway because I still have family there okay and um, uh, share people the history uh, of, of the church sometimes sometimes the history of the land that we're in um, seeing all kinds of things doing all kinds of things and just allowing people to see a different part of the world how wonderful and you did some work as a chaplain in the for the U.S. Navy Auxiliary? Uh, uh, Air Force. Air Force right. Auxiliary. Yeah, uh, chaplain, and I'm the current California wing chaplain for the uh, auxiliary of the Air Force and the um, Civil Air Patrol. And so I actually serve a squadron in, in uh, Simi Valley area and um, serve the, the unit there. It's uh, uh, adults as well as the uh, uh, kids that are, are part of the junior side of that. And um, that's very rewarding as well. Do you think about heaven? Uh, I, I, I think of heaven uh, in, in probably every day. I'm just thinking about a great place it's going to be. I'm just asking the Lord um, to give me a little more time here. Not quite yet. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm ready to go. Uh, but um, I, I feel that, and I, Obviously, one of the things I, I talk to people when I'm leading them to Christ is I want to tell you about a great place that we're going to go, yes. uh, which is going to beat this place by a long way. <laughs> yes. Bagpipes as ba far as the <laughs> eye can see. I can hear it now. I, I'm thinking they would rather have uh, uh, harps, but... Uh, I like the bagpipe. I think I'll take the bagpipe over the harp. Is, you have no fear of death. None. And I've been in situations where... I have been uh, uh, held up at gunpoint seven times. Seven times? Seven times. Um, you think I wouldn't hang around those kind of people. Uh, <laughs> but that was when I was in seminary working at a market. And I was a cashier. And somebody come in and said, give me your money. No way. Yeah. 
And uh, so three of the times I thought I was going to be shot. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, but, I, I, but I knew the Lord was with me. I'm stunned by this whole experience. I'm so honored to meet you. Well, thank you. And then all that, we didn't even get to the questions, but the he also plays the bagpipes, okay? So in a second, we're going to have, you're going to get to conclude this interview with Amazing Grace on the bagpipes from Reverend Dr. Gary Dickey. When did you start playing the bagpipes? On 9-11. Uh, a 9-11 service and I was there I've been trying to learn the bagpipe before that without a teacher very difficult instrument and there was a piper there and I told him about that and he said if you'd like to learn I'll teach you uh, once a, a week no charge so we've been great friends since 9-11 and I just that's where I started to, to learn so about 21 years 22 years have you written a book I have not written a book um, uh, I don't know how you have time <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can uh, people find you anywhere, a website or anywhere? Um, at Starbucks is they the can only find place. Me at Starbucks. <laughs> Starbucks. What, what Starbucks are we talking about? Uh, Westlake Village Starbucks at Agora, uh, where Agora becomes Hampshire, and that next to the Vons. Okay, you got it. I'm, if I'm in the neighborhood, I'm going to stop by. This, what a great the Starbucks pastor. <laughs> they and they call me that at Starbucks. The Starbucks pastor. Yeah. The first Church of Starbucks. Right. Westlake. <laughs> wow. Well, it's such an honor. I, I'm so inspired by you. Well, thank you. Yeah, blessings. Um, I'm, yeah. I, I'm glad to be here. I'm I, uh, glad for the invitation to be here. Yeah. And um, uh, just God bless you and God bless everybody that's looking at this right now today to know that uh, God is real and Jesus loves us. Amen. Amen. Thank you. It's an honor. Gary Dickey, everyone. Enjoy the bagpipes. <laughs> Thank you.